Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky, self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hello there, amazing property managers. How are you? I have to tell you that I am having the time of my life and it is amazing and awful all at the same time. One of the ideas that I teach my clients is that it's not any better over there than it is where you are right now. So many people have this false belief that once they get the promotion, then they will feel accomplished or that somehow there will be fewer problems to deal with. Or they believe that once they lose the 15 pounds, then they'll be happier. Or they imagine that when their significant other finally pops a damn question, then their life will begin. And it's really all a bunch of baloney. It is not any better over there than it is where you are right now. No matter where you are, you will face challenges, frustrations, and disappointments. The only difference is that once you reach your goal, you just have a new set of struggles to deal with. And the same is true for me. Ever since I first experienced receiving coaching, I've had this dream to work specifically with property managers and help them create better work-life balance. And I'm doing the damn thing. Like I'm running one-to-one coaching. We now have a group program and I'm public speaking almost every month at a different conference. And let me tell you, it is absolutely no better here than it was where I came from. I am very excited to be getting my message out on bigger and bigger stages, but I can tell you the stage fright is real. Um, When I work with my clients, we focus on reducing self-sabotaging behaviors. So things like over-scrolling, over-eating, over-drinking, and right now, the desire to calm my nerves by overeating is really high. These sleepless nights really aren't cool. And the constant worrying that I'll forget a slide or leave my laptop at home is really draining. So some of you may be wondering, you know, if it's no better over there than it is where I am, then why try? And this is where everything shifts. You pick goals not for the goal itself, but for the person that you would have to become in order to achieve the goal. For me in this coaching business, I had to overcome my fear of getting criticized and rejected. A lot of people don't dig coaching and I had to build up some tough skin to push through that. And I'm glad I did because now when I see all of the new things that my clients are doing with their time, it was freaking worth it. I also had to revisit my attitude towards money and how to spend it. Listen, I no longer get paid every other Friday. If I don't show up to promote myself, I don't get paid. And there were plenty of months where there was literally no money coming in. My relationship with money is so much better than it has ever been. 
because I respect every dollar so much more. I love that I have tougher skin and I love that I respect my finances. And it wasn't easy, but that was how I had to grow in order to have the privilege of doing what I do today. So no matter what your personal goal is, it doesn't necessarily have to be public speaking. Know that the gold isn't in obtaining the goal itself. The gold is in evolving yourself into the person who can do it. So anyways, today we are diving into one of my favorite topics, clarifying when we're supporting others versus when we're enabling or said another way, reflecting on when we're teaching versus when we're spoon feeding. And this is one of my favorite topics because once I built awareness of how and where this was showing up in my life, I had a much, much better experience of my work environment. You've heard me say this before. I'll say it again. I think that property management draws in a lot of perfectionists and people pleasers, which is great because making other people happy and Delivering top-notch service is part of the job, but at some point it can come at the expense of making time for yourself and taking care of your health. This is why it's such an important issue to tackle, and I'm pumped to dive into this in our group program and watch our crew start making more time for themselves. That's really why I love group coaching. The newbies in the program get to bear witness to what our longer-term members have been able to create for themselves, and those who've been in the program for a few months are watching out for our newbies and encouraging them to do the work. It's easier to release perfectionism and people-pleasing when you have examples of what it looks like to do that. Now, if you identify as a perfectionist or people-pleaser, please know that there's nothing wrong with you. You are just human. But you also likely have a tendency to want to do everything yourself and or you might have a fear of making mistakes. And if you don't address those tendencies or fears, you can get locked into continually overworking. Now, here's where it gets tricky. We can oftentimes take on tasks that aren't ours and we get to say that we're helping others when in reality, we're not. We're trying to control everything. People don't love being called controlling. So hear me when I say this, there is no positive or negative connotation with this term. It's neutral. It's a thing that humans do. Once you learn how to recognize when you're controlling versus when you're supporting others, you will make it better for everyone. It can be difficult to watch someone suffer through a task that you could do much quicker and better, but in many cases, it's a necessary step for everyone's growth. Today, we're going to talk about this from the standpoint of the day-to-day life of a property manager, but truth be told, it shows up all over the place. I have a client who was talking about how painful it was to watch her toddler try and put a, a pen cap back onto a pen, knowing that she could easily take the pen, the cap, pop them together, and they could get on with the rest of their day. 
But she also said that she knew she needed to sit through the process so that her little one could learn how to do it for himself in the future. And this is a really beautiful analogy for what we're going to discuss today. So as I explain it, don't hesitate to let your mind wander as to how this might show up in your personal life. Now, to start with pain, any kind of pain, physical, mental, emotional, pain is a universal human experience. And try as you may, you can never avoid pain. It is going to show up. Remember what I mentioned earlier, it's no better over there than it is here right now. There is no salary, job title, make and model a car, or zip code that will protect you from your own humanness. But we do have a huge say in when we feel pain. You're either going to choose to feel the pain up front, or you're going to wait for that pain to be delivered to you later. So here's a couple of examples. When we avoid the current pain of going to the gym, we end up with the long-term pain of being out of shape. When we avoid the current pain of being our authentic selves at work, we end up with the long-term pain of feeling disconnected from others every day. When we avoid the current pain of processing our emotions, we end up with the long-term pain of pent-up resentment or a potential subsequent blow-up. When we avoid the current pain of making time to go to the doctor because of all of the time that it takes out of our day, we can end up with potential long-term pain by way of illness or disease. Now, this isn't to say that there's anything inherently wrong with these actions. Skipping the gym from time to time is totally okay. But we have to have an internal gauge of when that skip is helping us versus when it's harming us. Right now, I see a lot of managers who do not want to feel the pain of their subordinates making a mistake or of things not being done perfectly. And because of that, those managers just keep jumping in and taking care of everything right away. Things just keep falling onto their plate. They don't feel like they have any agency or control over their schedules. And they want things done right. They're afraid of mistakes, so they would rather overwork themselves instead of leaving it to chance. Now, here's the thing. If you find yourself in this position and you're not willing to feel pain up front, you are going to feel pain later. You'll keep creating more of the same. You'll continue to be a dumping ground for the things that others don't want to do, and you'll continue to have a lack of agency and authority in your schedule. To make change, you have to open yourself up to letting employees fail so that they can learn from their mistakes. You'll have to free yourself up to things being done slightly different from time to time, but it's so worth it. What we want to do here is start to unpack when we're taking on tasks that don't necessarily have to be done by us. And then we want to start questioning if we're supporting others by doing that task, or whether we're just trying to control our environment to prevent a mistake of some kind. When you have more awareness around this, you end up shifting your focus from being that catch-all person into being an amazing teacher, mentor, or coach. 
instead of being the backup for everyone, you start to become someone who is watching the process from above and guiding their team to its next level. And it feels amazing to watch your team grow. It's really relieving when you watch your team stack up new skill sets. And this helps build trust that when you are gone, everything will be okay. When I think of how this showed up for me, I think of my time in residential management. I was once at a B-class property and we had some tenants who really struggled to communicate in a calm manner. I did not like it when a tenant raised their voice at one of my teammates, especially if it was an employee who was newer to the industry. I wanted to protect my employees from the adrenaline of getting yelled at. Over time, my team actually gave me the title Mama Bear, which is funny because I don't have any kids. They would send me these Mama Bear memes to each other while I was uh, handling difficult tenants. And at one point, I even had a Mama Bear coffee cup. In my mind, I thought I was helping. But in reality... I was hindering my team and causing more work for myself in the long run. Because I wasn't teaching my team how to de-escalate, I was getting calls on the weekends from employees who were frazzled because they got yelled at. And I was constantly distracting myself from my own work by getting up and handling the tenants myself. I was trying to control the situation. I wasn't actually supporting my team. So what did it look like to go from controlling to supporting? It meant letting our leasing agents handle it. And trust me, I hated absolutely every second of it. I worried about them. And I didn't want any mean or hurtful residents to get away with taking their anger out on one of my teammates. But de-escalation is a skill that everyone in property management needs to have. Eventually, what happened was that we let the front office team handle the situation 100% on their own. And then the second that the resident left the office, we would get up and cheer for whoever it was who had to handle the encounter. We'd let that person vent, and almost every time we'd eventually end up with high fives and laughter. And once we were able to get the person out of an adrenaline high and into a state of relaxation, I would eventually have an opportunity to give feedback as an observer of the interaction. Once I stopped stepping in for my team every time, I was able to watch them grow and develop a thicker skin and a stronger emotional tolerance. Now, those are skills and traits that are going to benefit them in all aspects of their lives. And from my standpoint, I had to sit back and learn how to trust. I had to trust others to handle it, trust them to make mistakes, and trust that they were going to learn from it. And trust doesn't come easy for me, but again, it all came down to pain now over pain later. Now, there are a few reasons why you should stop controlling and start supporting your team members. First, if you keep jumping in and taking care of everything right away, You'll never give your team members a chance to learn from their mistakes or grow. Second, by constantly controlling everything, 
you're not giving yourself any agency or control over your own schedule. You're at the mercy of others and their mistakes. And finally, once you figure out how to do this, supporting your team members will actually help make them feel more appreciated and valued. And that's going to encourage them to work harder and take more ownership over their own work. Ultimately, this leads to a more efficient and productive team. All right, friends, that's all for today. You know what's up. If you haven't already, hop on over and get your copy of the free journal questions that go along with this episode. This is the easiest way to take this work to the next level. So check it out at anahavaliana.com slash journal. That's A-N-N-A-J-A-V as in vivid, E-L-L-A-N-A.com slash journal. Until next time, I love you. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.